It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back for another week with BYU team captain and offensive lineman Connor Pay right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We look back at Sam Houston and also look forward to a second straight home game as BYU welcomes Southern Utah to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are back for another week with BYU team captain and offensive lineman Connor Pay. Connor, thanks for joining us once again. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, obviously, uh, BYU fans have had uh, their say on social media and a lot of reaction to the uh, 14-0 win against Sam Houston to open the season last Saturday. Uh, you guys winning that game. And uh, let me just start here. How much do you guys in the in the football program, I know that you guys try and tune it out, but how much does social media actually work its way in to you guys and in getting into your heads in a way? Um. I think I don't think it gets into our heads too much, but obviously we see it. Like you can't you can't avoid it completely, right? And so, you know, and it's like a lot of my sports updates and things like that. What's going on around the country? Like that's I go on Twitter to kind of see what's going on. You know, that's most of the accounts that I follow are either friends or sports accounts and stuff, just so I can kind of see. And it's inevitable, you know, for you to see people's thoughts on the game and stuff, which is fine. You know, everyone everyone has the right to share their opinion on how they think things went. But I mean, it, I mean, it's also, I mean, it just it sounds harsh, but also at the same time, it's like, why would we care at all about what someone who decided to twiddle their thumbs for thirty seconds and post something on Twitter after we've been you know, working since January to try to put a good product on the field. I mean, nobody cares more about our performance than us. And, and nobody, nobody hurts more than us when we don't perform how we should perform. And that's, that's how I think a lot of us felt, you know, after the game, especially on offense, we, we obviously didn't perform uh, the way we should have performed. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but I mean, obviously it does work its way in a little bit, you know, and, I mean, it's the classic. Anytime anything goes wrong, the O-line sucks. You know, it's the classic. That's everybody's go-to, right? They're just terrible. They can't get any movement off the ball, and they have no idea what our scheme is, no idea what our responsibilities are. And so it's it's almost comical in a way in, in some of those things. But, you know, I mean, it's no secret we didn't perform very well, and the fans have a right to be frustrated. You know, they're, they, they're invested in the program too. Now, I, I'm just going to insert here that in some ways the reaction to that win, and it was a win, everybody out there. Let's be very clear about yeah. that. It was a 14 yes. nothing shutout win for BYU, who are 1-0 on the season. In many ways, the reaction felt in many ways like BYU may have lost that game. And I think a lot of it was heaped at, at the offense because uh, a lot of fans, I think, expected your offense to be uh, rolling and doing their thing, having Keaton Slovis at the helm of the offense and all that stuff. So you talk about the fact that you guys felt like you didn't perform up to your expectations, obviously. Where do you guys, where, well, I guess I'm asking you, where do you think it broke down the most in your opinion? 
Um, I think, well, first of all, I probably should have started with this. Like it's, you can't ever take winning for granted. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's hard to win in college football regardless. I mean, you saw teams that were quote unquote lesser teams, underdog teams take down. There was a quite a few games where the underdog took down, you know, a bigger team. And so we can never take winning for granted. That's what Kalani preached to us in the locker room. Cause a lot of us, especially on offense, kind of, we were kind of, in the locker room kind of had some long faces and he was like look we know we have stuff to fix we're gonna fix it but like you need to enjoy the wins mm-hmm. you know because it's hard to win in college football but anyways um i think i mean in, in reviewing the game over and over and kind of seeing you know how the drives went um you know the biggest issue was just self-inflicted wounds that was which has been very uncharacteristic of us you know, in, in years past, at least since I've been here, you know, we don't, we don't get a lot of penalties on offense, especially not on the offensive line, which, you know, we did, we had four of them, I think up front and they're drive killers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when I, when I rewatch those drives, it's like, Hey, we get a few good plays going. We're starting to get a rhythm. Then we had a penalty and it put us behind the sticks, killed the drive, drive over. And, and so I think we just, you, you can't do that. You can't, and I think we talked about this a little bit before we started, but the silver lining to that is all of it's fixable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it sucks that, um, you know, it happened um, and that it was just us shooting ourselves in the foot. But the nice thing is like that, you can fix those things. Like if you're just getting manhandled or something for us up front, at least like if you're just getting manhandled by the D line and we can't, we can't get our combo blocks going and we can't block at the second level. then that's, that's different. You know, and, and Sam Houston has a good defense. They were in FCS. They were top 20, top 15 in every statistical category on defense. And, you know, I guess for just maybe a little more inside to what I mean by that is their front seven is designed. They're, they're D-line. They twist and stunt mm-hmm. like almost 80% of the time. And so, you know, that they try to junk everything up at the line of scrimmage. So it frees up their linebackers to come and make plays. They had two really good linebackers who make a lot of tackles. And that's what their whole scheme is based around. And we knew that going into the game. Um, and, you know, sometimes on some of those zone plays, like we have to do a better job of passing off some of those combinations. And they they, they uh, got us a few. They got me a few times on those where, you know, I'm trying to be physical. I'm trying to sink into a combo block so we can get some movement, open up some holes. And then next thing you know, the guy I'm blocking is looping and I'm getting picked off by someone on the other side of the formation that I wasn't even looking at. And so, I mean, Sam Houston did some good things to make it, to make it challenging for us. And so, um, but at the end of the day, regardless of all of that, and especially on the touchdown drives, um, you know, when we are moving the football, it was, we didn't have any self-inflicted wounds on those drives. And I think so. I think that was the biggest thing. Now, I I wanted to ask you, and this is just for for I guess my personal uh, my my personal question yeah. on this is you talk about the zone blocking scheme, and it, it it's a mm-hmm. it's a zone scheme. NFL teams run this. I uh, trust me. I'm a 49ers yes. fan, and they use this heavily uh, in their offense. And They're one of the best, they, they are. And that, but the thing is, it takes time to get on the same page as an offensive line with that because it requires a, 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 an amount of precision, but at the same time, patience for an offensive mm-hmm. line to develop that. Is, am I right in that assessment that it just it, it takes some time yeah. to get on the same page? 
Yeah, it does. And I think, is there an element of, you know, this O-line, this is the first time we've ever played together. All of us are kind of at different positions mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Is there an element to that? Yeah. But also at the same time, we have enough reps from training camp, running those exact seams against stuff like that, that we should have, we should have performed better. Um, but no, there's definitely just some truth to that, that cohesion plays a big role in, in those, uh, in those um, zone schemes too. And, and there's a premium on communication because a lot of times if you can communicate things, you know, maybe not necessarily the twists, mm-hmm. those are, those are kind of hard to deal with, but um, you know, there are some, there are some keys that we could, that we could key off of to, uh, you know, anticipate some of that stuff. But no, I think there's definitely, some truth to what you're saying. I don't think it was the primary reason for the challenges, but I think it's, that definitely plays a role, even even if it's a small one. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the Sam Houston kind of lessons learned. Obviously, we'll turn our attention to Southern Utah here in just a moment. But before we do that, I yeah. need to get a word in on our friends over at uh, eBay Motors. They've been working on this for a few months now right here on Locked On Cougars as well as Locked On Podcast Network. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors with over 100 22 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices all right now at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, my friends. That's eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and some exclusions may apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars a part of your routine. Everybody, thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. All right, uh, continuing on now with Connor Pay, BYU team captain, obviously uh, gracious enough to spend time with us each week here on the podcast. And, Connor, you just talked about the fact that uh, you feel like it's stuff that you can be fixed going into this game against Southern Utah in terms of the offensive performance. Now, it felt like at times in the game against Sam Houston that you talked about the self-inflicted wounds, but you still were able, when you got into the red zone, it felt like you guys were still able to punch in and, and get those touchdowns, most notably the two rushing touchdowns. First two rushing touchdowns of Keaton Slovis's career. Uh, <laughs> yeah, d- didn't anticipate it going that way. But I don't think anybody did, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about L.J. Martin. Now, he came in in the, in the second half of this game, and he had a fantastic performance by all accounts, 16 carries. 91 yards, yeah. one of the best debuts for a BYU freshman in, of all time, if you look at, look at the metrics. Uh, explain to our listeners and our viewers, I guess, depending on which way they're, they're consuming this, how, how impressed you were by his performance. Um, honestly, it's what I expected of him. Okay. You know, obviously it was really impressive performance, but none of us were surprised. We'd watched him through training camp. We'd watched him perform well in the scrimmages. And you know, he came in at a point in the game where we were finally starting to kind of get a rhythm a little bit up front and kind of figure out what they were doing. 
you know, so like I think Aiden kind of got the short end of the stick of that at the start of the game where we were trying to kind of figure things out. You know, that first drive, we were kind of just going downhill. We were capping things off and getting chunk yards on every play. And then kind of those later drives, um, we kind of went away from the run game a little bit because we were behind the sticks so much because of those penalties. Um, and so when LJ came in, you know, he knew exactly what his job was and he did it which I think is kind of the, the moral of the story for us as an offense in this game is like, if, if everyone had just gone in and done their job, we probably could have, well, we definitely could have scored more points, right? There were a lot of points left on the board, but I was, but just LJ is going to be a great player for a long time at BYU. I mean, he's, he's got some, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of Tyler Algier vibes to him. Well, just a little bit in the way he runs and you know, the way he sees the field. So I'm really, I'm really proud of him and I'm really excited for his future. Well, and you're not alone in invoking the name of Tyler Algier. Kalani Satake, your head coach did it in the post-game press conference. He said there, his yeah, vision in yeah. particular, he says he just, there's, and there, there is a skill there as a vision as a running back to be able to kind of see all five of those linemen and sometimes the tight ends, et cetera, all you guys flowing to one side in that zone concept and to be able to kind of assess the situation, find a hole and knife right through it. And that, that that's something that you mentioned LJ was able to uh, figure out in the later stages of that game. Now, you mentioned the fact you felt like Aiden and I, I, I guess Dion by, by extension may have gotten a little bit of the short end of the stick in that regard. What is your confidence level that both of them will bounce back along with you guys up, up front on the offensive line? Oh, huge, huge, because the majority of it was our fault. You know, on the, on those runs, it was our fault up front. You know, we didn't we didn't handle uh, the twists or the pressures as well as we should have, and you know, we didn't uh, we we muddied up their reads, um, and that, and that makes it hard. You know, because we got we got if you look at just the first drive, those first few carries for Aiden, you know, that's how it should have been the entire game. Boom, hit him four yards, seven yards, just chunk yards on all these plays, and then. Uh, and then we ended, we ended up getting away from it. Um, but I have all the confidence in the world in those guys just because I've watched what they can do live in our scrimmages and uh, in training camp. And when Aiden was at Louisville and UNLV, right, with Dion being at Colorado. So, you know, we know what those guys can do. And we, we have to do a better job up front of putting them in a position to be successful. Now, uh, obviously, you, uh, along with the rest of the offensive linemen, are responsible to make sure that Keaton Slovis has got a clean pocket to work from. And it looked like multiple times from my my naked eye, and trust me, I'm an, am- I'm an amateur analyst at best, but it felt like you guys gave him the time. And uh, there were some opportunities, I think he would say, and he said, I, I judge myself pretty harshly with this performance. Uh, when it comes to the passing game, I don't think people understand how important it is for you guys up front to literally give him that uh, opportunity to step up into that pocket and make throws with confidence. Can you, I guess, explain how important that is for a quarterback to have the trust that, hey, these five guys in front of me are going to make sure that that my jersey stays clean? Well, I think it's huge because everybody everybody has to work together on those things, right? He can't he can't get from read one to two to three. Mm if he's worried about somebody being in his face on every single play, he may rush the throw and go on read number one when two or three might've been really open. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think, you know, it's huge. And I know Keaton has confidence in us. I think that's one of the things we did do well um, in the game was we kept him, we kept him clean, you know, for the most part, I think there was only one, 
maybe two QB hits, um, no sacks. Uh, so I think that's one thing that we can build off of. You know, I thought we protected him pretty well. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, there were some wrong routes run and some things on some stuff and that made it kind of challenging for Keaton. And nobody, nobody is more accountable than him, you know, and nobody's more frustrated with how the game went than him, you know, and so he's going to, uh, he's going to do everything he can to, you know, get it right. But I think we, you know, <clears throat> have to do a better job of putting him in a position to be, you know, successful because it's, I think, uh, you know, there were some, there were some wrong routes run. We, we had a hard time blocking on the perimeter uh, a little bit, which is something that's been a massive strength for us the last two or three years as our receivers have been really physical and so when we do a lot of the jet sweep game or even the short bubble screens, that's been a huge part of our offense because we've been able to dominate those DBs with our receivers. And we just didn't do that like we normally did. Um, but again, like I've seen it happen. I watched it in training camp. And so um, we know it's there. We just got to get it out of the guys and uh, get them to perform better. And I think, you know, you can chop some of it up to, first game jitters a little bit, uh, or maybe even, you know, with so many of our teammates being transfers, it's the first time we've played in a real live game setting together. There's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some, you know, a little bit of a learning curve, right. Of how we, how we mix and how we play together. Um, but, you know, and, uh, and of course, you know, we were down a couple guys at receiver. Um, but I think, uh, I think it all works together, right? When the receivers know that the O-line is going to give Keaton the time that he needs, they're going to be more crisp on their routes. They're going to be more dialed in because they know it's more likely that they're going to get the ball. You know, if they think Keaton is going to have someone in his face or is getting smoked on every single play, that it's hard to, you know, go as hard as you can or do what you need to do to get off this corner, this safety on a route. And so it all works together. Um, so, and it all starts, you know, with us, up front because if they know he's going to be clean then he can make his reads and that makes everybody better now i got a listener question for you and it relates to a comment you made earlier about all of you along the offensive line you're all playing new positions kingsley moved from right tackle to left tackle you have waylon lafwaho playing left guard you've got paul settling in at center the your old position you moved to yep. right guard and then caleb and Braden kind both played right tackle and rj asked this question can you ask connor how he feels about playing guard and, and settling in his new position go ahead yeah, no, I, I feel good. I feel I feel good about it, you know. And, and right guard's a position that I've played before. I think my first, my freshman year, my first five or six starts ever at BYU were at right guard. Um, and so you know, it's kind of you know, it's nice that I've done it before, and uh, you know that I'm experienced in the offense and the system. So you know, I don't have to worry about that part of it as much. And you know, obviously the techniques are a little bit different than center and things are a little bit different, um, you know, in terms of timing. But like I said, it's kind of just kind of bringing it back to, you know, memory a little bit of how to do certain things. And, um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it because Paul, Paul's a really good center. And uh, I think, uh, you know, this is the lineup that the coaches felt like put us in the best position to win. So I'm all for it. You know, I've enjoyed it so far. How much fun is it to be a guy like, on those screen passes and some of the, the, the plays where you guys get to move around as an offensive line? How fun is that to get out into space and to go run dudes down? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun because, you know, when you get out there, um, 
you know, especially on some of those like jailbreak screens and those quick bubbles, you know, those DBs, they're looking at the ball carrier. They're not necessarily looking at you. And so I had the opportunity to really tattoo somebody and I hesitated for just a second and I missed it. And so I'm pissed about that. But, and coach Funk gave me a bunch of crap for it today. Um, but, uh, cause you see it's on a, it was on a little, uh, a little screen to Dion. Mm-hmm. It was actually the block or uh, was it the block in the back play is the, when Waylon got yeah. the block okay. in the back. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I was kind of hesitating cause I was choosing between two guys. And I finally made my decision. He just ducked me just a little bit and I barely got my hand on his shoulder. But if I had just sold out and gone right for him, Oh, I could have, uh, could have done some damage. I shouldn't have done it, but Did they ever... there's something I need to improve on, but. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but do you do they ever yeah. like when you have those happen? Do, do you ever? I've described it as like the deer in headlights. Like, do you ever see those like DBs? Like, oh no, what just happened here? Oh, for sure, because they'll they'll recognize it at the last second okay. what's happening. Because <laughs> to them, it could just be a bubble screen. Uh-huh. Like it looks very similar, mm-hmm. and so they're kind of like, okay, where's this receiver? He's going to get to try to come to block. They're not expecting three twenty at a full sprint, you know from in the yeah. box. They're not, they're not really looking for that. So it's kind of like that realization where there's someone really big running at me right now. Like <laughs> I got to do something. And Waylon had another good shot on someone later in the game on a similar play mm-hmm. where he went and just tattooed the guy. And it was awesome. All right. We'll continue to break this down. We need to get some thoughts on Southern Utah. And I do have a couple other questions yeah. that came in from our interview last time that people want to know about you personally, Connor. We'll get to all sure. this to continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Another quick word on our friends over at UCCU for a second. They have a new thing called Learn and Earn. The UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become financially literate, and parents don't always know those answers. And that's where UCCU comes in with their Learn and Earn. It breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family, and y'all can compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards as well. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. I can attest to this because I do bank with UCCU, and I've literally played it everywhere at this point. The best part is the more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Simple as that. It's Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Continuing on here with Connor Pay, BYU team captain, his weekly appearance here on Locked On Cougars. And uh, Connor, you talk about the fact that uh, you guys are expecting to improve. And obviously, you have a second straight home game. And I believe I'm correct in saying this. It's the for the first time since 2012, you guys will have back to back home games to start the season, welcoming in Southern Utah uh, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, I, I guess I'll also add this it's your lone in state game of the season as well. Uh, how, uh, how much are you looking forward to this matchup with the Thunderbirds. Good. It's going to be fun. I have friends that play uh, at SUU, so 
it's it'll be good to see some of them and uh you know i've never played against scu before um and so i'm looking forward to it a lot i didn't know that it was our first ever back-to-back home games in a long time so that's that's kind of cool i mean i like it i like playing at home so yeah well I, that's i guess there's a similar question there how fun was it to be out under the lights at lavelle edwards stadium in the crowd uh saturday night oh it was awesome other than, uh, you know, getting booed as we're running off the field, you know, after we go three and out after a few times. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not always fun, but hey, don't worry, guys. We're pissed too. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was, I mean, I, I'm just teasing. You know, we have a passionate fan base and they're passionate in both directions, right? When we win, we're the greatest thing on earth. When we lose, we all suck and the sky is falling. You know, that's just how it goes. And so, you know, but the, they make it fun. And so obviously, you know, that's why we love being at home because the fans is there. The rock was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a, I know people don't like staying up late, but I love those night games because under the lights is just a different feel. It's fun. Uh, here's the thing. I, I saw a couple of people on social media pointing out about the rock and like the, the swaying back yeah. and forth. And that's the thing about the student sections. They're, they're pretty unique in that way. And the rock obviously represented very, very well Saturday night. And, uh, yes, I'm with you. those late night games. Yeah. I mean, they may not be necessarily conducive to everybody's sleep schedule. I can attest to that. Cause I was up till I think about 4am a uh, Sunday morning, but Hey, Me it's, too. it's, it's Me just, too. <laughs> comes and I had the- to teach my mission prep class at nine <laughs> and I did it. Well, I did it with very little sleep. I can, I did, you can safe to say I didn't do much Sunday afternoon other than lay in my bed and sleep. I can commend you on that for that short <laughs> sleep, obviously, and get back at that. That's awesome that you teach mission prep, obviously, preparing the next <laughs> the next wave of elders and sisters going out into the mission field. Yes. But uh, I wanted to get your quick assessment, I guess a little bit of a scouting report on Southern Utah. What do you see from SUU on film? I mean, they're they're a good team. They're definitely not. They're definitely not someone you can overlook. I mean, clearly. I mean, they almost beat Arizona State last week, um, and you know they're they're quite they're a lot different than Sam Houston. Obviously, you know you're gonna see, we're gonna see a lot more over over G fronts. Um, you know, a little a little more vanilla. But they played. One thing I did notice as I was reviewing some of their games today is they play hard. They do play hard, and they try to get after the quarterback. You know, they they rush, they rush again, they re rush, and it's. <laughs> You know, so we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to be prepared. You know, to play harder than them and out effort them because they're they're a good defense and they're gonna play hard. You know, they got some, they've got a couple good defensive linemen and, uh, you know, they have two linebackers that are really good players and so, um, you know, and that showed in our game against Arizona State, you know, and so, it's uh it's gonna it'll be a good game for us, you know, and I think uh. I think with their defensive scheme, I think it'll be, you know, a good game for us to kind of get back on track, at least as an offensive line with, you know, um, the run game a little bit, you know, because it's not, it's not quite as exotic Mm -hmm. as Sam Houston in terms of the twists they run and the pressures they do that kind of make it challenging. You know, they, SUU plays a little more, um, not conservative, but a little bit more standard gap sound defense, um, and so, you know, in, in one way, they are they're good gaps down defense. So you got to handle that. But also, I think it'll give us a good opportunity to get into our combo blocks and, uh, you know, you know, test our rules a little bit in the run in the past game. So. 
All right, as we finish up here with Connor, I got two listener questions that are kind of more like getting to know you type stuff. So the first one came in via our YouTube channel last week, and that's from Keltad. I, I think I've pronounced that correctly. He says, "I need to know. I need to know what Connor's top five bands are right now." So go ahead. Oh my gosh, top five bands right now. Okay. Well, my number one, my favorite band of all time is Dream Theater. Okay. Uh, I don't, there's probably not very many people know that, you know, shout out to the people who do, you're the real ones. Um, my number two band. Oh, geez. I'm going to go with Slipknot Okay. as number two right now. Um, three is Rush. All right. Number four is Disturbed probably cause I just saw them in concert. That like helps. a month and a half ago, and they were they were awesome. So I've been listening to them a bunch recently. Um, and then number five, who am I listening to a lot right now? I'm listening to a lot of Foo Fighters okay. as well right now. So those are probably those are probably my top five. I'd go Dream Theater, Dream Theater, Slipknot, Rush, Disturbed, and the Foo Fighters. That's top five right now. So we, we got some metal. We got some alternative. You even got some, as you call it, oldies, classic rock. I like that. Yeah. Nice mix. All right. And then the other question uh, comes in uh, via David, and he asks this. Can you ask Connor what his uh, favorite meal is? Like, I guess, what will you opt for if you were able to pick your meal? Like those dudes who are about to get the electric chair. Sure, I guess we'll like, do that. Your last, your, your, your last, last meal. Yeah, your ever, last meal. Yeah, go before ahead. Before I die or something. <laughs> uh, oh man, I like food. This is hard. You're an offensive lineman. Of... Come on, if you didn't like food and you were no lineman, I'd be worried. Yes, I know. I get paid to be obese. Isn't that an awesome job? <laughs> it is a pretty Holy good cow. job. Yeah, pretty good gig. Just kidding. Just kidding, Dan, our nutritionist. Not paid to do that. Sorry, but good save. Um, hmm, my favorite meal right now. There's my favorite meal right now is probably there's this tri tip mm -hmm. that my mom smokes on our Traeger at home that we have a lot on Sunday dinners. Okay, that's that's up there. That's some really good stuff. Uh, that with mashed potatoes, corn rolls. All that good stuff. So I'd have to say my mom's tri-tip right now is probably my favorite meal at the moment. Hey, tri-tip's always, always a good choice. So trust me, I, I, I smoke plenty of tri-tip myself on my on my Traeger at my house, and it is just it's, <laughs> it's a it's a crowd pleaser. It's a really really versatile uh, cut of meat. It feels like it is. It is, and you can season it a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And my mom is kind of going through a Traeger phase, okay, a little bit right now. I don't know if my dad's happy about it, um, you know, because we're spending a lot of money on different kinds of meats, but it's good. It makes it for when I come home on Sundays. She smoked a brisket for like 16 hours. Okay. On Saturday and Sunday. So we're eating good at the pay household right now. But I, I, I have to agree with you. It is versatile and it's a good cut of meat. Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, I may, I may have to compare notes with your mom at some point. We can trade yes, uh, secrets of the trade, as they say, and, and have a conversation about that. But, Connor, I uh, cannot thank you enough for being uh, so gracious to join us once again. Looking forward to next yeah. week. Obviously, wish you best of luck against Southern Utah this week, and we'll talk about that one as it comes, all right? Ted, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
All right, there you go. That's Connor Pay. A big thank you to him for joining the podcast. As always, of course, uh, this show brought to you by our friends, as you mentioned, our UCCU, as well as our friends over at uh, eBay Motors today. And a big thank you to all of you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. And thank you to all of you for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Until tomorrow, everybody, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.